It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard. There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered. I'm Dr. Bond, and I'm a licensed psychologist. And I'm Dr. Satuni, and I'm a board-certified sleep and pulmonary physician. And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill. This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice. Podcasts are not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. So help your friends sleep better. Share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Michelle. Welcome back. It's great to see you. It's good to see you, too. What's that going on? Oh, gosh. Just enjoying another day in this beautiful recording studio where we have some windows. So Yes. We're back in Tampa. Yes. And we're experimenting today, I think, with some new studio quality sound. So let us know if you're listening and you notice a difference on either this episode or our last episode. So Yeah, I'm going to say it now so I don't forget to say it later, but we definitely need you to leave some rating and reviews for us yes. so that we can keep moving forward with our episodes. Yes. And we need more listeners, right? Like more share Tell this your friends. With, share it with your friends. Yeah. If you found an episode amazing, share it with a friend. Pass on the love. Yeah, we need to start doing that. And also, we are really trying to plan our schedule so we don't go missing in action this summer. <laughs> Absolutely. It feels like the summer's almost starting now. It, it's so, it's about to. There's like, what, a month left of school and then it's summer camp season. I know you're always busy with summer camp yeah. season with always. your kids. You're the camp doctor. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> always. I, I hope like last year I don't come back ill. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of just, it's... What happened? Well, I came back with like broken ribs last year. Oh my gosh, girl, what I, summer camp are you going to? The kind that it rains and I fall. Oh no, I thought you were doing that giant. Uh, the waterfall? Yeah, or the one where you get on the slide. It wasn't that giant and it wasn't that bad. It was just wet really? and I fell in the wrong place. Oh, so okay. Well, yeah, no broken ribs this time. Yeah, so um, again, yeah. I think we talked about it on the last episode that we both have been traveling a fair amount. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought about reviewing was... um was just a, like a transitional object to help mm -hmm. you sleep a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So I like to travel with my pillow. And on this last trip that I went on, I forgot my pillow. Oh, but no. what I did bring is a like a stress ball. Okay. Okay. But the stress ball that I have, it's one that's from an industry sponsor uh -huh. and it's a um it's a sheep, but it's this nice little handheld ball. And when I didn't have my pillow, I decided to use this kind of as that transitional object. Mm -hmm. I didn't view my pillow as a transitional object, but I think it really is. It could be. It depends, you know, what you ascribe to it and how you feel when you're with whatever the object is. So. I think it's just the fact that, you know, everything else is different in bed. Mm -hmm. I even have like different PJs that I wear when uh -huh. I go out of town. Uh, because it's usually colder than it is at my own house. Mm -hmm. But um anyway, this this little sheep stress ball was something that I just transferred, you know, my my ideas. So it is really cute. So what do you think about that in terms of a reviewing a different object, something that you can hold in your hand or something that's kind of near your face? Right. That, or a pillow. Yeah, something or, near your face, something that mm -hmm. kind of makes you a little bit more calm. I find having something that 
just either reminds me of home or reminds me of something relaxing is mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah. I definitely think, you know, if you if you look at what a lot of these objects are, is that they can be almost anything. What matters is though is that it's comforting and kind of a a source of, of familiarity for you. So that could be something like that stress ball, or it could also be something like, you know, a particular like robe that maybe you wear or um I will say I've seen a lot of this with uh, with weighted blankets sometimes. So people just want to carry either. It's not that they're traveling with one of those because they can be kind of heavier, but they're traveling with something that just feels familiar. So, so I guess the review that I want to say is it's not necessarily this particular stress ball, but really try to consider, um, especially if you're not a great traveler with sleep, mm-hmm. is is something that you have with you that kind of reminds you of a relaxing thing that you would mm-hmm. do when you go to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I would say this would be a great. Um, for some of my insomnia clients out there, I think that what would be phenomenal from a transition object would be something that also is part of your regular wind down routine at home. So if it's a sensory thing, you know, another common, it's not necessarily a transitional object, but it's similar to this is um, these kind of these worry stones. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. We've reviewed um, some yeah. kind of r- worry rocks before. And it can be anything, right? It can be your worry pencil if you like your pencil, for example, or it could be any real object, honestly. This is a really important you know, subject in terms of for, for children in particular, but mm-hmm. I think adults really may need some of these things too. Absolutely. I would say... You know, often, I don't want to sleep in bed with rocks, though. Right. Well, usually, you know, you can find some. You go to the the little souvenir shops, and they sometimes have really nice, you know, those gemstone, those bend of gemstones. Yeah. Um, kind of explore around. I don't belong in my bed. Those. Yeah. Maybe on some nightstand. But anyway, right. the, the sheep stress ball was uh, kind of just what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, did... We should get some of these branded for the podcast. Yeah, They're who wants a stress cute. ball? Write to us. Leave a yeah. review, and we will uh, send you a stress ball. Right. Although I would love to find a little to-go box of noodles stress ball, and that could be our little... We could have... Because we're sleep takeout. Could be yeah. like a Chinese to go, Chinese takeout to go. Condition. Oh, or the or a cook, the fortune cookie. <gasps> it could be a fortune cookie. So it'd be awesome if it opened and your your uh, your fortune on the inside was like sleep hygiene. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Today we are picking up with a topic that we talked about in our last episode about what do you do when you have sleep apnea? How do you treat it? What are the steps? All right. Good. So this reminds me a lot of like my regular work life right. you know, when we talk about these things. So nobody really comes in just saying, oh, like, please give me a CPAP. And and CPAP, we've done a couple different episodes on mm-hmm. CPAP in particular. Yep. But CPAP is, has been around since the early 80s. And it's just like this machine with something that goes on your face and they connect to each other with this big hose. Um, and it it's there to splint the airway open. So mm-hmm. it's considered the standard of care. But I want to talk about maybe if you can't get the CPAP covered, okay. this is you know something that happens a fair amount. Or if there's yeah. a shortage on CPAPs, particularly mm-hmm. the shortage on nice ones that you have to get. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it it just makes my life easier when somebody gets a nice machine. Mm-hmm. But there's there's other things. So we talked before that um, if you only have sleep apnea and it's only on your back, positioners make mm-hmm. a very good treatment. Mm-hmm. In someone with other medical problems, like maybe someone with heart disease or strokes, you don't want to just rely on a positioner, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that positioner you Positioner being, can you explain what that is real quick? I yeah, know you, the yeah. positioner is something that keeps you off of your back. So it may be a pillow or something sewn into your shirt. Okay. 
or, or your pool some, noodle t-shirt. Pool. Yep. Yeah. Or is, you know, just something that you wear a, a device. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that expensive one that, that learns your habits and mm-hmm. vibrates on, on you when you, uh, are on your back. So those are positioners. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could even use something like a wedge pillow to be a positioner, mm-hmm. or there's one called the medcline, which is when you put your shoulder, like your arm through. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you both a little bit more upright and it keeps your shoulder from getting sore during the night. So it's there. So there's a lot of these type of pillows. So those are our body positioners. But, you know, you don't want to say, oh, well, this is just going to be my my treatment is I'm going to hope that I stay off of my back, particularly if somebody doesn't live with someone or sleep Mm -hmm. with someone in their bed, because you don't want them to start still having sleep apnea and just Hope right. for the best. Now, when we've talked about p- pillow positioner products before, we've talked about ones that are usually a little bit more focused on alleviating pain as it relates to sleeping. But you're talking about pillow products that would actually help you to stay on a side position or something off your back. So the biggest reason why someone is obstructing their airway is that their tongue and their jaw has slid back. So okay. it's something that's aimed to keep your face mm-hmm. and your head off to the side and rather than you being flat on your back. Okay. Gotcha. So a pillow that would help assist that. Correct. The or. other thing is if you're on a medicine that makes the sleep apnea worse, so pain medicines come to mind or muscle relaxants, mm-hmm. um, that you know, we have the new software talks about my ums and maybe one day we'll edit it, <laughs> but we'll do a an, an um count. <laughs> we have to do um counts. Anyway, so these um these things that uh you can change, uh-huh. whether it's a medicine that you can change or a habit, maybe alcohol that, you know, right, right. before you go to bed. So if you Which can change alcohol some of will those interrupt habits, your REM sleep, by the way, just a little FYI for, yeah, not every, a good Everything thing. interferes with REM yeah. sleep. Right. So, um, but yes, alcohol absolutely interferes with REM sleep. So it's not a good overall long-term option. Right. Uh, and there's other things like the nasal congestion mm-hmm. stuff we talked about, you know, sinus rinses mm-hmm. or breathe right strips. So things that kind of help with that nasal congestion. These are all falling into that category. Something that the person can do on a pretty regular basis to make their apnea go away without mm-hmm. using another device or having to go to another person. The CPAP that we talked about separately, it is the standard of care because it's been used for a lot of time and it gives real time data back to the clinician that's taking care of you and to you. I mean, they have these different apps that you can download or screens that you can look at to see, hey, how how did it do for me last night? And most of the CPAPs are adjustable now. So it's not just this one set pressure that the sleep lab gets to dictate. It's whatever you needed that night. And mm-hmm. then having the um, provider again do these, these adjustments so that you hit your mark almost every night. Mm-hmm. The things that some people don't know about are things that the dentist can help with. Mm -hmm. So dentists can make these positioners for your tongue and your jaw that don't matter what body position you're in. But Mm -hmm. again, sleeping off of your back does seem to help Mm -hmm. that keep your jaw from falling back. So historically, Mm -hmm. ones that are for snoring just jut your lower jaw forward. But what the dentist can make is ones that don't necessarily jut your jaw forward and are comfortable but ones that prevent the jaw and the tongue from sliding backwards. And they do really well. For insurance purposes in the United States, you have to have tried the CPAP first to get them covered, or you have to flat out refuse and tell the insurance, I just flat out refuse to use CPAP. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but these these things do work very well for mild or moderate sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Can be used for severe sleep apnea, but in the consensus papers for the last 20 years, they don't recommend them first line in mm-hmm. severe sleep apnea. Although a big challenge, which we've acknowledged, is that adherence to CPAP use can be really challenging for a lot of people. Adherence to anything I'm following is a, yeah. is a pretty big challenge. <laughs> right, right. So I was um, talking to somebody about the podcast that didn't know that I did a podcast and they were asking why we don't talk about the struggles of people with narcolepsy, for example. Mm -hmm. I say, well, it's really one that talked predominantly about the struggles with insomnia, but it turns out a lot of insomnia overlaps with narcolepsy Mm -hmm. and a lot of sleep apnea can result in insomnia. So we have to, or vice versa. So we have to kind of work on all sleep, what's wrong with that, that sleep picture and try and address it from there. The nice thing about the dental appliances is people do check in pretty regularly with their dentists. They don't blame it on another provider or right. or like a limited a limited factor that treats it. And there's some really good dentists, at least throughout the country, mm-hmm. at d- the different meetings I've been to. It's not just our area that has great dentists. There's dentists across the country that really want to help improve people's health. Yeah. Uh, and there is a good amount of um, improvement because people see improvement and they feel improvement. They're also scared mm-hmm. that if they don't use their oral appliance, their oral appliance will no longer fit because their teeth are shifting all the time. Right. And then they just spent a lot of money on nothing. Now, I'm familiar with oral devices for like the bruxism types of mm-hmm. things, like for the grinding, which... In, in is different than what you're kind of saying. There's another type of oral device for. Oral appliances for grinding tend to be one uh, one piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. So they just prevent your teeth from touching each other. Mm-hmm. And they give you a little bit more space. The ones for sleep apnea are always a top and a bottom. And they always have some sort of mechanics, either in the front or on the sides, that keeps the jaw and the tongue from sliding backwards. So mm-hmm. it's really a positioner mm-hmm. for the tongue and the teeth. Um, but if you can tolerate a mouth appliance for teeth grinding, you can 100% tolerate one for sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. There are some people who can't tolerate that at all. They couldn't even tolerate it when they were using it for sports in school. And wow. those are not good candidates. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, they you have to make sure that you have good dental work and that you don't need a lot of implants or some mm-hmm. fancy, very mm-hmm. expensive things to do. Because these things run thousands of dollars. Wow. So uh, they last so a long time, yeah. but they're not cheap. I wouldn't I wouldn't say just jump right into it, especially if you don't know if it's going to help you. Right. The third option uses your nose instead of your mouth. And you wonder why that's going to help. But, but basically, when we breathe through our nose well, we improve the amount of airflow that goes into our lungs and our chest. Mm-hmm. So by keeping a little bit of extra air going through our nose we can improve the amount of airflow. So they're called nasal pressure valves. And rather than them generating more pressure or attached to anything, this the nice cell on it is it's not attached to anything. The other nice cell on it is unless you lose it or break it, you don't need another one. Wow. So they work in the long term then. They do. Wow. However, if you're stuffy all the time, they can mm-hmm. be a new form of cruel and unusual punishment oh. that you never identified. Uh-huh. Because if you put something in your nose that does not impede the airflow going in, but prevents some of the airflow from coming out with this little valve situation, you feel like you have a stuffy nose. Mm -hmm. So 
the tendency when you have a stuffy nose, whether it's while you're sleeping or while you're awake, is to open your mouth, and that will not generate any more back pressure in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. So, but they're, anyway, they're called nasal valves. There's a couple on the market right now. There used to be a really nice one that did get FDA approved and FDA cleared, but they don't make them anymore. And that's the only one that the insurance liked because mm. it got that clearance. But they, they're they very affordable. They're very easy to travel with and use. And many, my patients at least, are not using them by themselves. They're using them when they're traveling. Mm-hmm. Or if they're taking naps like on airplanes, because they do know how much better they feel when they don't suffocate all night and have yeah. lack of oxygen. Absolutely. So nasal valves are a really easy sell for quite a few people that can mm-hmm. breathe through their nose. Or they can use the, you know, some sort of treatment to breathe through their nose so they mm-hmm. can use this at night. The last options are surgical options. Mm-hmm. There are a number of different surgeries and traditionally these surgeries work the best in small children. Okay. okay? So children before puberty, so not teenagers. Mm-hmm. Because before puberty, you haven't finished your airway growth. So your tongue, your jaw, your teeth, that's not formed yet. And so by improving how much airflow you can go, that you can go through your airway, you actually improve your ventilation strategies. As you get older and all the bones are more formed. So again, traditionally, that's right around puberty. In guys, though, it can go up to like 23, 24 years old. And in women, it usually stops by 18. Mm -hmm. Um, But surgery is first line. 80% of sleep apnea can be treated with just a minor surgery to the upper airway that's relatively safe. So, I mean, you have to consider that. In adults, it's a little bit more challenging. So if you have an obvious problem in the upper airway, uh, let's say you don't have, you know, a... um, good amount of airspace in the back of your throat or you have big tonsils or a uvula that lays like a hot dog on a hot dog bun on mm-hmm. top of your tongue, it can be really helpful to do surgery on that. But more than likely, the apnea will recur because it's still the cage and the bones are are there. And you don't think about it, but a lot of uh, professional athletes and sport players have a terrible amount of apnea just because of how muscular they are in their their neck and their chest. Mm. So it can contribute to apnea. Absolutely. Apnea exists irregardless of your body mass index or, you know, if you have any excess body fat in general, like it's absolutely affects a lot of different people. So, yeah. So um, one of uh, the surgeries that's been on the news a lot is this one where they implant a stimulator into mm-hmm. your chest and it paces your tongue with an electrode. This electro. is the Inspire device, right? Inspire. Yep. And locally, there's another one called Osprey that's in clinical trials with okay. just a different sort of electrode that's implanted. But um, these are really helpful surgeries that are non-structural changing. Mm-hmm. So the other surgery that's extremely helpful is putting a hole in your neck called a tracheostomy <laughs> tube. Uh, but nobody really wants to sign up for that no. if they don't have to. But right. um, but this one is is a device that can be implanted and can be very effective for severe sleep apnea. But mm-hmm. because it's never been proven as effective as C- CPAP, mm-hmm. you have to have tried and failed the CPAP gotcha. for that one. Okay. But moderate or severe sleep apnea, not mild sleep apnea for that. Now, there's also that other surgery that might reduce the size of tonsils or those types of things, right? Yeah, there's some uh, some minor procedures where they laser parts mm-hmm. of the back of the throat um, or remove mostly or entirely uh, some structures that might be collapsing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really work for a very short period of time. Okay. 
because most of these tissues are movable and floppy Mm -hmm. and you can laser that particular tissue and then another one will take over. I think about it like being at the beach Mm -hmm. and building a, um, like a a castle Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden your castle at some point when you dig the moat around it, your castle starts getting shorter and shorter. It's because everything just starts coming back down. Uh, Um, The other surgery that has been around for a while that is pretty effective is called a maxillomandibular advancement. Mm -hmm. And that one is really, really a difficult surgery, but it results in some very good success too. But they break your face and they move everything forward to give your tongue and your jaw a lot more space. Oh, and there's gosh. some great great surgeons across the country that do it, but you, you really have to have a vested interest to buy into it. I mean, it's a lot like weight loss surgery. Right. You don't go into it just saying, oh, well, this is going to solve all my problems. Right. Does that answer your question? It does. Wow. So there's lots of other interventions in addition to CPAP out there. Yes. So awesome. There's something for everybody. You know, if you have to have a disorder, at least one that you have a lot of options to treat. Right. Absolutely. Good luck. Yeah. Well, this is a great episode, Michelle. I love this conversation. I'm looking forward to next time. So take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Sleep Takeout. We hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable. Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Remember, Sleep Nation, sleep well, dream big, and wake up refreshed. Bye. Bye.